Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler, talking money and investing. So um, we just uh, got finished talking a lot about stocks. And, you know, there's there are other things that we invest in you know, for retirement. When you're younger, that's what you're mainly focusing on, typically. Your biggest risk is that... You know, the dollar is just not going to be, you know, it's not going to hold its value. Used to buy houses for $30,000 in the 70s. Now you don't buy them for $30,000. You know, my parents, you know, they talk about, uh, they used to talk about when they were around. Anyway, um, back in the 1960s when they brought the first house and it was under $20,000 to buy that house. You know, so it's just a different world. And I was talking to somebody about this and, you know, we lament oh my goodness how terrible things are and i said well the average house is actually about a thousand square feet bigger than it was you know 30 40 years ago thousand square feet bigger you know typical house we live in bigger houses now and it's really you know it's not that bad (laughs) look at the technology we have today uh but um anyway so when we're younger, we're focused more on equities, and yeah, they're, they're clearly things are that are that are worse, no question about it. But a lot of it has uh, has to do with you know our habits as people and how we do things now versus what we used to do. The, the distractions that we have are, are can be just unnerving. <laughs> uh, but that's another show. Uh, so anyway, so when we look at stocks, we go okay. You know, with stocks, we have something that has historically helped protect us against inflation. Then we have bonds in the portfolio, and we hold bonds for what reason? Stability. You know, that's the purpose of bonds in our investment portfolio. Well, there was an article in Market Watch, and it was uh, is entitled "Why Do Investors Seeking Stability Typically Invest Only in New bond, uh, Bonds?" But the headline was "We're Investing in Bonds All Wrong," which always catches my attention. Just a global statement. We're investing in, in, you know, go well, yeah, there are a lot of people that are investing in bonds all wrong. No question about it. Look at the banks and the long duration bonds that they had and that caused all the problems that they were facing, you know, not so long ago. But, you know, how are we investing in bonds all wrong is the question. Well, he says, why do we typically only go with U.S. bonds is the point that he's making. And real, real laugh. Smart, you know, it's just kind of cute here, that picture of James Bond. Uh, not that kind of bond. But anyway, it says, why do retirees, near retirees, and others seeking stability typically invest only in U.S. bonds? Whether they be U.S. Treasury bonds, it's government-issued, or corporate bonds, municipal bonds, you know, for states. Uh, the issue, a lot of times people, they talked about, hey, I want tax-free, tax-free. You know, municipal bonds are tax-free. And you go, well, do you recognize that the for the level of risk, you know, you take a corporate bond with a commensurate amount of risk, and we look at that versus a, a municipal bond, and the interest rate on the municipal bond would be lower, you know, because of the tax break. You know, it's part of the deal that the federal government has with the state 
governments is that they would not tax the interest and therefore they can get away with borrowing at lower interest rates. That's why the states like them because they can issue bonds and and they can charge uh, they they can uh, they can be charged less interest. And because they're charged less interest, there's less cost on them and therefore it's easier to repay, right? And uh, so it's it's good for the, the states and local governments to have municipal bonds. Is it good for the investor? Well, you're looking at risks because if in a particular municipality or wherever you live, all of a sudden there's some kind of an economic downturn or economic problem, they may not be able to repay you. You know, they may have, you might have people that move out of your jurisdiction. And then all of a sudden now when people move away, you don't have the tax base to support the interest payments and, and the principal repayments on the bonds. So it can be a problem. Now with bonds, the mistake they're talking about is in general that people are only focusing on U.S. bonds. And they said, um, you know, if, if you have any kind of financial expert, fluent, uh, would tell you that real risk comes from needlessly missing out on any chances for diversification. You know, which is to say that Wall Street is, is not the only free lunch in town. And they said, you know, if you look at bonds, which, you know, when you're in retirement, you might have, you know, typically, sometimes people only want about 25%. I have some people are like, I don't want any bonds. And I'm like, well, you know, if you need the money for anything, if there's a possibility, you look at going all stocks. Let's say if I look at an all stock portfolio, and if, if I do, even if I do everything right, the amount of risk is pretty significant. Whereas if I start to put some bonds, I don't lose that much return historically because of the fact that bonds, if you choose the right ones, they have a slight negative correlation with stocks. And therefore, when stocks go down, bonds can go up. Now, they don't doesn't always work that way. Sometimes they do move together. Like, you know, last year you had that happen. But, you know, if you look back through history, most of the time that's what happens. When you have these big declines in stock markets, that's when the Fed is pulling back on interest rates. They, you know, they, the interest rates drop and the marketplace itself pulls back on interest rates. You know, the Fed is just one player in a sea of players in bond markets around the world. Just one player. But they happen to control shorter term interest rates in America. And sometimes people take their cues from what the Fed is doing. So what happens is that if you look at these bonds that are longer term, they can be very negatively affected if interest rates aren't going down, but they're going up like what happened. So then, so they can move the same direction, but a lot of times they move the opposite direction. And because of that, a portfolio of stocks and bonds, you know, if you have, let's say 75% stocks, 25% bonds, and you do all the things that I always have taught for, you know, decades on the show, then what happens, you don't have much of a return difference between a hundred percent stock portfolio and a 75% stock portfolio, uh, you know, because of that. And the reason being that when stocks go down and bonds go up, I can sell some of the bonds and buy some of the stocks low. And that's why that's the case. That's why you don't lose much of the return historically. And you can reduce the standard deviation, the, the risk pretty significantly. Well, he's talking about international bonds. He said, you know, gone are the days when U.S. fixed income market dominated the world supply of bonds. Today, the U.S. represents less than a third of the global bond universe less than a third. And the global bond market is much more diverse than the U.S. bond market. Not only does it offer more opportunities from which an, a manager can choose, but the differing landscapes provide significant variety and diversification sources. 
Now, he makes a point in the next paragraph, which I think is important. He says, international bond, bonds, when hedged back to U.S. dollars to protect from currency fluctuations, have, a better, have been a better investment over the past 30 years than U.S. bonds. I think that's a really important point. Let me take a quick break, and I'm going to talk about that just a little bit more on the other side. What is he talking about right there? Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning, tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, so this article was talking about bonds and how we are investing in bonds all around. I say we, not necessarily me, because what he's talking about doing here is something that uh, we have done for a long time around here. But he's talking about making sure that you don't just focus on U.S. bonds and an investment portfolio. And the reason being, he says, you know, we're literally, we're less than a third, the U.S. being less than a third of the global bond universe. I mean, people don't realize how big the bond market is. You know, say, like, what is the Fed doing with interest rates? And you go, well, you know, in reality, the Fed's just this little part of the interest rate atmosphere. Now, the stock market burps every time the Fed says something, you know, because they're talking about what's going to happen with interest rates, short-term interest rates here in the U.S. And that has a lot of implications. But, you know, may not necessarily have those implications in other areas around the world and other markets around the world. So he says that, you know, if you look at the global markets, that the U.S. is a, less than a third of it and the global market has been is more diverse. And he says it can offer more opportunities, you know, simply because you got a lot of different countries involved, right? A lot of different types of uh, opportunities are going to be out there simply just for no other reason. You got a lot of other countries other than the U.S. The U.S. is just one country of many. And he says international bonds, when hedged back to the U.S. dollars, protect you from currency fluctuations, have, a better, have been a better investment for the past 30 years than U.S. bonds. They produce higher returns, lower volatility. Now, uh, what's he talking about there? So when we invest in bonds, you know, you might have, you're going to have your U.S. portfolio, parts of your portfolio, but that is something that I've always advocated is having global bonds, bonds outside the U.S., and the reason being that, you know, we have, a, it's just, it helps diversify, helps reduce that risk, not having everything in just one country, number one. But he talks about hedging it against U.S. dollars, hedging back to U.S. dollars. And what they're talking about right there is, remember, bonds are there for stability of the portfolio. And if you have market fluctuations that are simply due to currency changes or currency fluctuations, how one currency fluctuates versus another, you've introduced an element of risk which is currency risk in a part of a portfolio that is there for stability. So that is something I've always advocated is making sure 
that the global bonds that we hold in the portfolio are hedged back to US dollars so that if all of a sudden the dollar goes the wrong direction, then I don't have to sit there and worry and going, oh my goodness, my bond portfolio just crashed. That's not what you want the bonds there for, right? You want them there for the stability of the portfolio. But I thought that was just interesting, you know, looking at that data and this guy's point of view. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.